Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here with you until 8 p.m. Eastern, as you can catch us live each and every weekday, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, no worries. You can check it out on demand anytime you want. And you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Several articles up today, including my Week 5 Fab Blind Bidding Guide, where I take a look at some of the players that could be available on the waiver wire and suggestions on how much to bid. And remember, it really comes down to your need. You know, that's just a guideline for the suggested amount to spend. So if you have a dire need, you're 1-3, you're 0-4, you have some injuries, you have players on buy, obviously you go a little bit higher. But a general guideline of what you should do. I do not have TJ Yeldon in there. I'm assuming he's owned in most leagues. But yes, TJ Yeldon, if he is somehow available in your league, should be owned with the injury to Leonard Fournette. But uh, try to go a little bit deeper than that. I know many of you play in the high-stakes leagues where it is a deeper roster, usually 20 roster spots. So try to dig a little bit deeper for you guys. Uh, we have deep sleepers. Uh, well, sleepers. Week 5 sleepers for, uh, up on the article uh, site for Week 5. Fantasy football projections for Week 5 from Sean Childs are now up as well. And inside the box score with Dr. Roto. And, of course, fantasy football for breakfast. So we have you covered, uh, and we'll have uh, plenty of tools as well. The snap counts tool, that's pretty important. And you can ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Get an answer from myself, Dr. Roto, and Sean Childs, as well as Scout DFS. Optimizer has been phenomenal. Remember, it's powered by the RDA projections. And through three weeks, we haven't gotten week four results yet from Fantasy Pro. Scout Fantasy Sports has been number one through three weeks. So hopefully we'll hold on to that top spot. You could take a look at all the content. Uh, NHL kicks off tomorrow, so we have NHL, DFS, NBA in a couple weeks. Can't wait for that. So uh, plenty of content there on Scout DFS as well in VegasWhispers.com if you want to win some money betting as well. So good stuff there. I know their Monday night pick hit once again, and they've been on fire with the Monday night football stuff. So plenty of content over and part of the family of ScoutFantasySports.com to help you win money, and that's the goal. That's what we want to do. We want to help you win. Uh, we'll be joined today by Bill Enright from FFChamps.com, also part of the Scout Fantasy Sports family. And Bill is actually number three in the Fantasy Pros rankings through three weeks. So number one and number three, same family here. So again, you guys want to win, you want to get the good picks, ScoutFantasySports.com is the place to be. So Bill will join me for the final two segments of the show. Let's take a look at the news circulating through the NFL. Rob Gronkowski did not practice today for the Patriots. Now remember, they are playing Thursday night against the Colts. So that's 
where we have a little bit of an issue because I think if this game was on Sunday, he'd probably play. But now that it's such a short week, not so sure. So it was a walkthrough today, but Gronk wasn't there. So all indications are this injury is not serious. It was just a minor ankle aggravation. But you have to wonder if the Patriots are going to put him out there because they might be able to win this game, and they probably should. Even without Gronk, it's a short week. Kind of don't want to risk it. It's the Colts. They're banked up as well. Patriots also get Julian Edelman back this week. You know, maybe Josh Gordon plays a few more snaps. So very interested to see. And with the tight end, tight end landscape so bad across the NFL for fantasy with all the injuries, you know, if you have Gronk, you're pretty much going to play him unless you hear that he's limited. I only have Gronk in one league, and it's in the online championship that I did out in Vegas. So I really hope he suits up and, and goes. And, you know, he's been a disappointment so far. You know, he hasn't crushed you, but he definitely has not lived up to where you took him. You know, he had a big week one, seven for 123 and a touchdown. Jacksonville shut him down, two for 15. In the last two weeks, he's had nine and eight in a PPR. So, again, it's not crushing, but that's not what you pay for with Gronk. You know, one touchdown through four weeks and 17 receptions through four weeks. You didn't get what you paid for right now. So just have to hope that he is able to go this week. And uh, hopefully we have more clarity on the situation uh, tomorrow. But either way, if you have Gronkowski, you know, make sure you have a backup plan in place. And it, you might not have a backup for him. I can see if you're in a league with 16 roster spots, you might not have a backup for Gronk. My backup, I think, is Ricky Seals-Jones. So I don't even feel great about that. Uh, I know he played less snaps with Jermaine Gresham back. And he did have four targets and two receptions. And I think he can get better, especially with Josh Rosen at quarterback, but feel better with another option. The Colts are really banged up. T.Y. Hilton's unlikely to play. He did not practice today. And basically, when you listen to the comments from Frank Reich, the head coach, basically sounds like Hilton is out. So in the leagues I have him, I'm already took, I already took him out of the lineup. I don't plan for him to play. He's dealing with the hamstring injury. So that means you're going to see Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, and Zach Pascal as the top three wideouts for them. So, you know, Grant definitely is in play. And Chester Rogers, too. I know Pascal started uh, scored a touchdown. He played less snaps, though. But Rogers certainly saw a big uptick uh, in, this, in the game the past week. And it did go to overtime, too. That's the other thing you have to consider is that Colts played in overtime. And we've seen it a couple times this year. The teams that played in overtime the following week, not as sharp. You know, the, when the Vikings lost at home, to the Bills, they were coming off an overtime game the previous week against Green Bay. Still no excuse. Can't lose to the Bills at home. But that is definitely something to look out for. Uh, Chester Rogers played 72, 72 snaps this past week against Houston. He had 11 targets, 8 for 85. So I, I would put it in that order. Grant, Rogers, and then Pascal if you're forced to use one of those receivers for the Colts. And you got to think they'll be pass-heavy this week. Jack Doyle did not practice today. I, he's probably not going to play, so that opens up a lot more targets for Ebron. And, again, with the tight end landscape, you pretty much are playing Eric Ebron at this point. You know, I know two weeks ago he was a disappointment when he had the 11 targets, 5 for 33. This week, again, though, 10 more targets. He was 5 for 40, but he did find the end zone. He scored three times in the first four weeks. We know Andrew Luck looks for the tight end pretty often. So you're going to get Ebron in your lineup in almost every circumstance just because – of how decimated the position is right now, and especially if a guy like Gronkowski sits this week, makes it even worse. Uh, Marlon Mack practiced for the Colts today, so it sounds like he could be back. You would think the Colts would want to run the football, but they just can't. They haven't been able to with whoever they have had back there. They probably will give Mack a chance, but Robert Turbin is also 
scheduled to be back from a suspension. He might not play much, but it's a mess back there. And we've talked about it with Naheem Hines. Hines has played 69 and 73% of the snaps the last two weeks, and he's been heavily involved, mostly in the passing game. So that's probably the best guy that you can play. I, I don't think you can play Marlon Mack because he's going to be splitting with other backs, and you know, he's got to show that he's healthy too. Remember, he missed a couple games, came back, and then had to sit again with that hamstring injury. So not a great play this week, and that backfield is just a headache right now. Really, the only guy I think you could play is Naheem Hines in PPR formats because they are throwing to him, and he is running a lot of routes. He had two touchdowns last week as well. Ezekiel Elliott is banged up. He's dealing with some knee and ankle injuries, but Jerry Jones said he expects Zeke to play in Week 5 against the Texans. That is a Sunday night game. So I think what this means is if you're a Zeke owner, uh, you want to add Rod Smith just in case. And I wrote him up in the Fab article. Uh, even if you don't have Zeke, I think you can. I wouldn't spend a ton of money on him based on what we know now. Obviously, the news could change later in the week, and I could see Zeke being limited in practice this week, but they'll probably let him go out there and play through it. But if you're in a deep format and you're searching for something, you know, maybe you pick up Rod Smith for, on the cheap and, and see what happens. But definitely as a Zeke owner, for sure, I think you want to have him on your team at this point. You know, Nick Chubb, he's a hot name this week. Uh, talked about him in the Wave of Water article on Monday. Mentioned him here. Now, I have Nick Chubb in a lot of leagues. I have him... I mean, not a lot. I have him in at least two to three redraft leagues and some best ball. I've just been holding him. Uh, one, 20 roster spots. The other one is 16. And, you know, maybe a little surprising I've held on to him, but I don't have a lot of depth at running back in that league. I do have Alvin Kamara, so he's carried me. Then I got, like, Chris Carson. I had Burkhead, lost him, uh, Buck Allen. So kind of rotating that RB2, holding on to Chubb because this guy is so talented. Now, the problem here is... Even with his big game this past week, he had touchdown runs of 63 and 41 yards. He still only had three touches, and that was also a game that went overtime. So they're clearly committed to Carlos Hyde at this time. But you got to think at some point, Chubb gets the ball more. Now, we sit here and say that this guy's talented. He deserves the ball more. Coaches don't always do it. You know, the perfect example is Aaron Jones. I think anyone who watches Green Bay thinks that Aaron Jones should be the back. For the Packers, we all see it. He's better than Jamal Williams. He's explosive, and he's more capable of breaking big plays. And he had 11.65 and a touchdown this past week. But he only played one more snap than Jamal Williams. Williams had the same amount of touches. So McCarthy continues to say they're going to go with three backs. Now, with the Browns, Carlos Hyde's better than Jamal Williams, but I think we see that. Nick Chubb should get the ball more. So... We did hear comments from Hugh Jackson today where he said Hyde's playing well. And Chubb, though, is scoring touchdowns from long ways away. And they know they have two good backs. And it sounds like he wants Chubb to get some more. But how much more is the question? So I do think you should own Nick Chubb. And I think he's owned in most competitive leagues because people realize how good he is. You know, I was a guy I've taken in the 10th, 11th round. Uh, so I'm stashing him. And, again, it comes down to your individual situation because uh, some of you hear this and then you go on the message board and ask questions and you, you ask to cut these guys who shouldn't be cut. So I understand if you're in a league with 15 or 16 roster spots, it's kind of difficult. You can't own everyone. So that's why it's best to ask those questions uh, catering to your specific team. It can 
give better context and you can get a better answer. Hugh Jackson also said that Antonio Callaway's playing time could be lessened. We know Callaway's talented. He has a lot of speed and he can get open. We've seen it on the field, but he has made a lot of mistakes. And when you continue to make those mistakes, you're not going to be on the field as much. So he has 24 targets on the year and he's only caught 10. So there's been a lot of mistakes from him. Coaching staff has talked about it, so you might see a little bit less. That could be good for a guy like Rashard Higgins uh, because Higgins has actually had a really good rapport with Baker Mayfield. They worked a lot in the preseason together. Now, we haven't seen a ton of targets from him just yet, uh, but he did have four catches for 61 yards last week on five targets. So it's 10 points in the PPR, and yeah, the game went overtime, but uh, he is a guy that you could maybe see on the field a little bit more. So someone I would add if you have 20 roster spots just in case, and I would not be giving up on Callaway in most leagues because you've seen the potential that he has, and it's just a matter of him cleaning it up and making less mistakes. Matt Patricia of the Lions said, Kerryon Johnson is getting enough work. And this is an example, again, of how the coaches don't see things the same way. Kerryon Johnson clearly is the best back in that Detroit backfield, but they keep giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, Kerryon Johnson played 20 snaps against the Cowboys. That was five less than Theo Riddick and six more than LeGarrette Blunt. But LeBlunt had two fewer carries. So he is basically liking the committee that they have right now. And he said they have a strong group of running backs. So that's been the problem with Kerryon Johnson is when I get a lot of questions about him, it's really hard to recommend playing him every single week. Think about it. If he didn't score a touchdown this past week, you know, he would have had you know, six points in a PPR. So the floor is going to be low each week. And he had the 100-yard game against the England, but that's what I was bringing up in the questions when people thought, like, Kerryon Johnson was a lock to start. I'm like, yeah, he had 16 carries, but Detroit had the ball almost the entire game. And, like, Arab Blunt also had 16 carries. So you will obviously hold on to Kerryon Johnson. And I could see starting him as an RB2 in, in a deeper format or if you have issues at running back. But you can't expect this guy to, to blow up every week because they're just not use, utilizing him enough. So, um, you know, he has double-digit touches in three games, so that's not bad. But you would like to see him used more. So he's, he's like an RB3 right now. But I think, you, yeah, you know, you probably could use him as RB2. The problem is you don't feel good about a lot of RB2s right now. <laughs> Unless you had uh, Kamara and someone else that you drafted early that hit. Because a lot of these running backs have flopped. I mean, look at some of the running backs you've seen in round three or four. LaShawn McCoy, you can't start him right now. Lamar Miller has done nothing. So there's a lot of running backs that have disappointed. Uh, so that's why you are kind of have to settle for some of these guys in RB2. Like, I'm using Austin Eckler as my RB2 in a 14-team league. I have Royce Freeman also, but... Freeman is not getting enough work, even though if you watch it last night, what an impressive run he had on that touchdown. Jeez, it's a good tandem there with Lindsey and Freeman, but we got to get Devontae Booker out of the picture there. We'll talk a little bit more Broncos with Bill Enright coming up. Sean Payton says, we'll figure out the balance between Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Ingram's going to get the ball. You know that. It worked last year. It's not going to hurt Kamara, though. You know, a lot of people used Kamara and Ingram last year together, and it worked. So Ingram had about 18 touches per game last season, and they probably won't go to that level first. But either way, you know, both are in play. And it's actually 
helping. I think it'll help Kamara because you don't want him to run between the tackles much. You want to see him get the ball in the passing game. We talked about yesterday, Le'Veon Bell expected to return to the Steelers during the week seven bye. Mike Tomlin said he has not talked to Le'Veon Bell, and he really has no Le'Veon update. So we'll see about that. Again, the report seems like it's reliable, and we'll just have to wait and see. And again, Le'Veon Bell, if they're, if, the, if Le'Veon Bell's on an 0-4 team, maybe a 1-3 team that's panicking, and you're 4-0, 3-1, I, I might look to trade for him. Orleans Darko worked out for the Jaguars today. You might be like, who cares? Well, that's an indication that Leonard Fournette's going to miss some time. I, I truly don't think Leonard Fournette is going to be back until after their bye week. They can't mess around. He came back too early, aggravated it again. So I, I'd be concerned if I'm a Leonard Fournette owner right now. I mean, this is probably going to be a lost year. you got to cross your fingers and hope he can get back in two to three weeks. But I, I doubt it. These hamstring injuries linger. Seahawks placed tight end Will Disley on injured reserve with a torn patella tendon, so his season is over. And the Rams signed Cairo Santos. They released Sam Ficken. Greg Zerline is close to return, but not ready yet. So in case you picked up Ficken because of the Rams offense, you can drop him when you run your waivers. When we return, I'll be joined by Bill Enright, ffchamps.com. We'll talk some fantasy football with him next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com today. We got the Week 5 projections from Sean Childs up. Week 5 Fab Blind Bidding Guide from myself. Week 5 Inside the Box Score with Dr. Roto. Week 5 Sleepers. And you can ask questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Time now to bring in Bill Enright, ffchamps.com. He is the number three ranker after three weeks, according to Fantasy Pros. Bill, what's up? What's going on, Adam? Crazy to think that we're already heading into week five. I know the season just flies by, man, doesn't it? It's like I feel like we were just drafting about a month ago, which we were, and then you turn around and it's like, oh, wow, okay, four weeks are in the books. And fantasy football, where a lot of leagues, it's a 13-week season, you know, we're almost halfway there. Yeah, it, it comes quick, man. You know, I, I like to say that it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
and when you look at the whole season from from an overall aspect, you're talking about your draft and you're you know starting your lineup every week and your waiver wire. When you add up all those parts together that make a successful fantasy season, it is a marathon. But week to week, man, it really just goes by so fast. No, it really does. There's no doubt about it, and that's why. You know, people panic uh, when some of their players don't produce, and I think uh, some unhappy Russell Wilson owners right now. He is actually the 20th quarterback, and the thing that stands out to me, he's not running. Uh, that's something uh, that is a problem right now because he always had that high floor because of his rushing ability. Now, we've seen him be streaky. Is this a guy that's going to turn it around, or do you think this is going to be a season where Wilson just fails to live up to where he was drafted? I think it's going to fail to live up where he's drafted. If you looked at the Seattle Seahawks receiving core, they lost Jimmy Graham. He accounted for 10 touchdowns this year. They brought in Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator, known for being much more of a run-oriented uh, offensive play caller. Then Doug Baldwin goes down. <clears throat> excuse me, Doug Baldwin goes down in August with a knee injury. Comes out, he says he's never going to be healthy all year. Then he goes down in week one, misses the last month of the season. So. Russell Wilson has Tyler Lockett and a 35-year-old Brandon Marshall to throw passes to. And like you said, at least his rushing rushing ability helps carry his stats a little bit. We're not even seeing that. So I think he is absolutely someone that is going to end up really disappointing a lot of fantasy managers that took him you know, within that top five quarterback area. I think everyone knows Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. Do you know who number two is off the top of your head? If, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Close. There's someone slightly ahead of him. Uh, Kirk Cousins. No, he is five. This am, is... I getting, am I getting one more guess? Yeah. Goff. No, this is – I'm looking at six-point passing touchdown, too. But it is Matt Ryan. Oh, okay. After his bad week one. Now, I know Sean Childs was very high on Matt Ryan this year. Obviously, I think the context of the team, though, has changed because of that defense. Is Matt Ryan going to wind up finishing as a top – five top seven quarterback because this defense is so poor? It, it certainly can, especially since, like we saw with the Bengals, team are just marching up and down all over them. I'm really looking forward to that matchup this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be an aerial attack on both sides of the field. Um, the thing about Matt Ryan is, you know, he has the second most touch, he has the second most fantasy points out of every quarterback, and Julio Jones has zero touchdowns. I don't know how those numbers add up. I guess it's the emergence of Calvin Ridley. They really haven't done a whole lot in the rushing attack. I'm a little disappointed in Tevin Coleman, not really taking advantage more so of the opportunity with Devontae Freeman out. But, hey, man, you know, that's why we always say we're on quarterbacks, right? Because no one was taking Matt Ryan as a top-12 quarterback. No one was taking Patrick Mahomes as a top-12 quarterback. And here we are, second week – or, sorry, first week of October, fifth week of the NFL season, and they're number one and two in uh, quarterback fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, even, well, Fitzpatrick obviously will not stay there. He's three. Goff is four, and he even went in some leagues outside the top ten. Cousins was, like, borderline top ten, so there you go. And obviously things can change, but it's pretty clear that you should wait on the quarterback. It's something that we've preached for years. Hopefully people listen. Joined by Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. I think there was panic on Andrew Luck after last week, but then he goes out and an overtime game. Puts up uh, 62 passes, 464 yards, and four touchdowns. So is Andrew Luck back? Do we feel better? Is he someone that you can count on every week, or do you still have some trepidation? Um, I'm a little bit cautious with Andrew Luck, only because that Texans def- uh, defense made Eli Manning look viable, and he's looked nothing but terrible all season. 
Um, so I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on, on getting back on the Andrew Luck is going to return to form when he was in, you know, whatever it was, 2015, 2016. Um, you know, with T.Y. Hilton being banged up, Jack Doyle being a little bit hurt, this rushing attack is kind of a rotational committee by injury at this point. I do think the Colts' defense is going to give up a lot of points, and that could help, just like Matt Ryan, it could help Andrew Luck stay in games in terms of how much he's going to be passing in the fourth quarter. Um, Hilton needs to get healthy. That, that's going to be the main thing. Uh, for for Andrew Luck to have continued fantasy success because one or two big plays to Hillen, which is what we saw in the Texans game, really adds up a big amount of chunk yards for the Colts offense, and it puts them in the red zone where Luck has a proclivity to throw touchdowns. And so far this year, it's been all Eric Ebron uh, in, in that red zone, which is incredible in my opinion. So I'm I'm a little bit cautious, a little bit trepidatious with Andrew Luck at this point, only given the fact that. It was a bad Texans defense. And you know what? This week, in week five, they're playing against a bad Patriots defense. So we'll see what happens this Thursday night. But if no T.Y. Hilton, that's going to be trouble for for, uh, for Luck. Yeah, and it seems like T.Y. Hilton is pretty much not going to play based on the comments of Frank Reich. And people are going to be looking to hit the waiver wire. If you're in a deeper format and a Chester Rogers is out there, you think he's in play this week? I'd much rather have Ryan Grant um, if you're in a PPR league. I think he is more of a guy that's going to get um, – with Jack Doyle out, you know, Ryan Grant has been heavily targeted. And yeah, Chester Rogers might have a couple of big games here and there, and Pascal or Pascal may have a couple, you know, flashy plays. But to me, it's just Eric Ebron, it's, it's, it's T.Y. Hillen, and it's Hines out of the backfield. And then with Hillen out, I think it will be uh, more Ryan Grant. There's obviously a lot of players that have frustrated fantasy owners, but I think – we're at peak with Kenyon Drake owners, especially after this past week. The last two weeks have just been absolutely brutal. What do you do right now? What's your advice to people who have Kenyon Drake? Because they don't want to put him in the lineup this week after the last two weeks. Well, let me ask you this, Adam. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it back to you. Would you rather have a player like Kenyon Drake, who you drafted probably in the fourth or fifth round, who's playing every week, or would you rather have a Leonard Fournette who's played three quarters in five weeks of action? I mean, which is more frustrating Fournette being the first-round pick, Drake being a fourth-round pick. Drake is, like, in your lineup, and all of a sudden you see, like, three points, four points. Fournette is not even sniffing your starting lineup, and now he's going to be out a couple more weeks. I think the injured player is more frustrating. The, the Dolphins, the writing was on the wall with Kenyon Drake. They brought in Frank Gore. They drafted Kalen Balazs. Even last year, before they traded Jay Ajayi, they didn't seem like they wanted to give – Kenyon Drake, the reins of that offense. Remember, they were using Damian Williams, Williams right after yeah, that trade. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then he got hurt. I don't know, and they right, were forced and to go to Drake. And, and that's why Drake came alive last year. And that, that you know, I, I don't know what's up with Adam Gase. They just cut a second-round, 2015 second-round pick today, one of the better defensive tackles in the league. I think Adam Gase just kind of does things the way he wants to do them. And some part of that in him does not believe in Kenyon Drake being a featured back. It certainly feels that way. I mean, so I know you probably haven't done your rankings yet, and obviously you're very good. Like, where do you see you ranking Drake this week? I mean, can you even start him right now? I know running back is brutal, so we understand that. It's a tough position. But what do you do with Drake this week? Do you just you know, I No, I did just publish my rankings, actually, and I have him ranked 28th. Um, playing against a really bad Cincinnati Bengals run defense this week, um, we saw a couple of teams have some good success rushing the football against them. The problem is, I don't know if the Dolphins really – they got their butts kicked last week against the against – uh, What a surprise. Uh, 
What a surprise! I, I thought they, I thought they were a legit three and team. I know, and you know what? Sometimes when that happens, teams get shell shocked a little bit. When you get smacked in the mouth, man, or, or you get punched in the face like they did last week against the Patriots, that could push them back a couple weeks. You know, they're riding on his high horse. We're three and zero. We're number one in the AFC East. We're legit. And then you know, older brother comes around and then just smacks them down a few pegs. And now they're going to the Bengals, and, and they're a team that's red hot. So I have them just outside that running back two range. If you need him as a flex, I mean, it really would come down to who the other player is. But I, I definitely have him outside that RB2 spot. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. I think if you have Fournette, you got to be absolutely terrified right now. I believe they have a bye in Week 9. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him till Week 10. Is this, is this ridiculous or what, man? Like, I have Fournette in a lot of leagues. I was in a spot where I was in that 9, 10, 11 spot, and I knew I'd get, like, a Michael Thomas. And on the way back, so I was taking a Melvin Gordon or Fournette, and I was leaning towards Fournette in a lot of leagues, and it is so darn frustrating because you see him go down against the Giants, fine. The report is early on he's going to play, he doesn't end up playing. Then he's limited in practice, doesn't end up playing again. Now he's back at practice, plays, they're going to rest him in the second half because he may have strained it a little bit, and they're blowing out the Jets. Now the report today is they brought in Orleans Darkwa for a workout, and maybe they're a little bit concerned that Fournette's going to miss multiple games. So I think he's the most frustrating player this year, definitely the most frustrating first-round pick or, or second-round pick. Um, I, I, it's just it's terrible. Like, when you invest that, that high draft pick in a player and, and they're just not even out there, it sucks. It just sucks. You don't have regrets, though, right? Because I see some people out there, because there was a contingent of people said, oh, I don't want to touch Fournette, the injuries. But it was lower leg and ankle, and he was healthy going into the year. And for me, it's hard to say, well, he can't hold up. I mean, he played 13 games last year, missed three. One was suspension. So he missed two games due to injury in his rookie year. And you could clearly see after he got hurt in the second half, his yards per carry went down. But I, st- I don't think it was a bad pick. I don't think so either, because if you look at the running backs in the NFL, in today's NFL, very few of them really had that job for themselves. And, and you're sure people can say T.J. Yeldon was always going to be the passing down back. I don't know how much I'm buying into that. I think Yeldon, I think uh, Fournette was going to be their every down back, and we may have seen Yeldon come in on a few plays for you know rest purposes or, or maybe a, a couple designed you know screen plays or passes out of the backfield. But I, I really think Fournette is still is, even though he's hurt. I think he's one of those few bell cow backs in the NFL, and we know the Jaguars like to run the football and play defense. And Melvin Gordon is having a great year. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, David Johnson's that player for the Cardinals, but they stink. The Jaguars are good. So Fournette had that, uh, that, that kind of potential to be a, a 350-touch guy. So no regrets at all. It just sucks he got injured. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just bad luck, and it happens sometimes. You know, you can look back and say, oh, I shouldn't have taken that guy. He always gets hurt. But in this case, I kind of don't see it that way. I just think it was a a case of bad luck, and we know hamstring injuries are tricky. If you come back too soon, it sets you back, and it looks like that's what happened here with Fournette. I'm joined by Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. One player who I uh, stayed away from, I didn't care where he fell, because I think in all fantasy sports, people make this mistake. They go, well, I didn't really want him, but he was value. He fell to round four. He fell to round five. How can I pass it up? And I think that's something that people need to learn. If you don't like the player, I don't care where he goes. Don't take him. For me, that player this year, LaShawn McCoy. I don't care if he fell to the fourth round. This offense was terrible, 30 years old. 
we had the off the field issues for a little bit that tapered off as we got closer to the draft. To me, everything looked bleak about him. And everyone who liked McCoy was like, oh, the volume. He's not even getting the volume. And I don't think it'll be this bad. But this was my worry, that this team would really struggle to score touchdowns. Does it get better for McCoy? Would you buy low? Or do you think this is going to be uh, an awful year for him? Really tough to buy low on him. I, 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 do, I don't mind the, the volume argument. I, I, I think, But he's not even getting it. No, well, well, that's the thing. He's not, he's not he's seven attempts week one, nine attempts week two, five attempts after you know, missed week three, five attempts against the Packers. He's not getting the volume. You're right. But we were expecting him to be a 20-carry guy or, or a 15 to 20-touch guy a game, but that's not happening. So I, I think when you look at it's not so much of a McCoy problem. It's more of a Buffalo Bills problem, more of a play-calling problem, more of a starting a rookie quarterback with no weapons. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills wide receivers – they're they're the worst wide receiving core I've ever seen in the NFL. I can't think of a worse group of players that that are catching passes for another franchise in the last ten or fifteen years. Calvin Benjamin and Zay Jones that that's who they're trotting out there every week. Of course, McCoy's not doing anything. Josh Rosen, or I'm sorry, Josh Allen. A lot of people were mixed about him. I know he has a big arm, but they are just doing nothing. That game against the Vikings is such. A shocker. It will go down as the biggest upset the next 50 years because the Buffalo Bills don't deserve to win any games this year. So the fact they beat the Vikings at home, 17-point underdog, is crazy to me. Back to McCoy, I'm not buying low. I'm just staying away. If I avoided him in drafts, I'm really thankful, but I'm not. I'm by no means am I trying to go after him. Probably one of the bigger disappointments this year so far, too, is Chris Hogan, uh, especially with an opportunity here with some players out. Now, you could look at it on the other side and say, okay, with Edelman back and Gordon, maybe that opens things up. What's been the problem with Chris Hogan, and does it get better? I think the problem with Chris Hogan is he, he's not a number one wide receiver, and that's how defenses were kind of treating him. If they weren't covering Gronk, they were focusing on Chris Hogan. I think that's why Brady was struggling a little bit in the first couple weeks, and we saw what happened against the Jaguars, and we saw – them trying to establish a rushing attack in week three against the Lions with Tony Michelle getting 16 carries. But Hogan has never been a guy to be the number one. I mean, he's a former lacrosse player. He's not a former Alabama prospect like Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley or Amari Cooper. I mean, this is a guy that played a different sport in college. So he's not a number one receiver. He's a complimentary wide receiver that looks good because he's catching passes from Tom Brady. And I think a lot of people got fooled by just his opportunity in this, in this past offense without realizing what he really is. Will he be better going forward? He can't be, he can't be worse, man. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know, like, he, he, can't, he just can't be worse. I mean, this is, this is pretty brutal. Um, one catch for 25 yards last week, three for 31, three for 42. He did have the two touchdowns against the Jaguars, but – he doesn't have a game with more than 50 yards or, or more than four catches this year. I, I do think the Pats will go on a big-time winning streak, and they have some really good matchups the next couple of weeks, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Bills. Um, so we'll, think, we'll, we'll see things starting to click for, for, for the uh, New England Patriots for sure. Yeah, and it could start this week as Julian Edelman will return from suspension and play Thursday night. We'll have to see if Rob Gronkowski plays again as he was not at practice today in the walkthrough. Lots more to get to when we return. Bill Enright will stick around, and we'll talk some more fantasy football with him 
as we continue here it is scout fantasy sports on the fantasy sports radio network Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. Week 5 Fab Guide is up. Of course, you can ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime. And also, check out Scout DFS. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. I'm joined by Bill Enright. You can find him at FFChamps.com, number three, according to Fantasy Pros through three weeks. Probably get the results for week four. Probably tomorrow, right? Usually come out on. Is it Wednesday? It usually is Wednesday. I'm not looking forward to this week. I had a bad week. Great. Uh, I had no, 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 no. I don't think my rankings were bad. You know, I, I, all morning I'm sitting to myself. I'm forgetting to do something. I'm forgetting to do something. I'm forgetting to do something. And then at like 105, I was like, oh, I forgot to remove all the inactive players from my fantasy pros rankings. Ah, uh, so that's frustrating. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those crazy mornings where. I was scrambling all over the place. I'm running the site. I'm sending out, you know, text message breaking news for injuries to all our members. I'm answering the, the one-on-one chat. I'm updating the rankings on the site. And then I just I just totally forgot. I, something was gnawing at me that I was forgetting to do something. And, of course, that was it. Probably the, one of the most important things I had to do all morning. Put a reminder on your phone, like 1245 or something. So this I don't, way you- I don't I don't know why I don't take advantage of, like, all this technology at my fingertips. That's, that's a brilliant idea. And unless you told me just now to do that, I would have never, ever done it. Oh, I, look, I do it. Uh, I used, to, I have such a good memory that I used to never do it. But now I'll put things in like, you know, submit your pay stubs, pay cable, pay that, you know, because sometimes you do forget. And if you just put the reminder in the calendar in your phone, it alerts you. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that's, and I know Sunday mornings are absolutely hectic because you're, you know, we're answering questions on the message board. We're trying to finalize our lineups uh, for so many leagues, DFS, all this stuff. It just, it's crazy. And then you're following the breaking news, the inactives. You have to move things around. So, yeah, Sundays are absolutely hectic. So I can understand how sometimes you can forget it. But uh, 
I, it was a really good week for me in fantasy. Uh, this was one of the best weeks. I was like, can the season just end today? You know, you ever have one of those weeks where you go, well, you're like, oh, I wish the playoffs started today. Yeah, and I wish or, or have you ever like had such a good lineup in your season long that you're like, oh, I should have entered this into DFS? Oh yeah, I had a couple of, and I I think the scoring is up, but I had a couple of teams go over 200, and I think you're seeing that more this year too. I mean, the scoring is way up. So I saw a tweet, and I'm not going to take credit for this. It was from Adam Schefter, and he put out. I just want to make sure that I'm quoting all of this correctly. Um, numbers from the first quarter of the NFL season: three thousand. 30 points scored, the most in NFL history. 344 touchdowns, the most in NFL history. Um, the next highest was 332. That was in 2015. And 228 touchdown passes, the most in NFL history. The next highest was in 2013 with 205. So it's not like they're just breaking the, uh, you know, the records by like one or two. The, you know, touchdown passes up 15. Uh, you know, total touchdowns up 15. Uh, points up up three or close to you know a hundred. So it, it, there's a lot of points in these first four weeks, and that's great for fantasy. Obviously, I think we love it. I mean, all you need to do is just look at the quarterback scoring. I mean, I'm and I'm looking at a six point touchdown league, so obviously it's higher. But even so, you know how many quarterbacks are averaging at least twenty points per game right now? What would be your? I'd guess? Have to, I would say eighteen. Twenty. I mean, yeah, like more than half the league. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, we need to just save all these clips, and for anyone that drafts a quarterback in the first three rounds, just, like, drill it into their heads or, like, do, do what, what was that, like, funky, crazy movie from the 70s, the orange, uh, Clockwork Orange? Yes. Do, like, some Clockwork Orange work on these people that are drafting quarterbacks early, man. It just it, it doesn't make sense. It, 20 quarterbacks are averaging 20 points every week? It, that's insane. It really is. So, yeah, I look, I, I always wait on my quarterbacks. Uh, probably the earliest I took one this year, maybe round eight, round nine. And sometimes I push the envelopes a lot. I mean, in Vegas, I got Matthew Stafford and Patrick Mahomes, like, late. I waited. And, obviously, Mahomes has been the starter every week. Although, Mahomes has a challenging start this week. Against what are you Jackson. doing with him in that league? Uh, I am I'm leaning towards playing him over Stafford. I think it's close. So Stafford is playing Green Bay. and at, it's, it's at home, right? It's in yeah. Detroit? Yeah. And Mahomes is at home, though. Again. Uh, yeah, I know. It's close. I, I know Jacksonville's so damn good, though. I haven't really decided yet. I'm leading Mahomes now, but... I have Mahomes ranked 7th and, and Stafford ranked 11th. That may change as we get a little bit closer, yeah. but... That's that's a tough call, man. The Jaguars are so good. Their pass defense is so good. They're so ferocious. That secondary is just is incredible. But Mahomes is doing things. And listen, I get it. It's only four games. It's a small sample size. But the stuff he's doing, it's just so hard not to get excited about. Like even if you don't have him in fantasy, you and you love you love football. Like he's a guy you like to watch because he's a special kind of playmaker. And I really hope this is not just a first month of the season thing. I really hope this turns out to be like his career because I think the NFL needs some more young, you know, new kind of quarterbacks in this league. I mean, Peyton Manning retired. Tom Brady's going to retire soon. Drew Brees is on his way yeah. out as well. I, who's really exciting you? Goff. Sam Newton and Aaron Rodgers. Goff. And Goff, okay. But, I mean, are you getting excited to watch the game with Matt Ryan? No, I mean now with for fantasy, yeah, because they have to pass a lot. But I, yeah, he's an older guy that you—he's not in that tier. So right. 
So I think maybe Deshaun Watson, he could be another one. I think the, the Texans have some good things going. But I, I think Mahomes can be someone that the NFL needs. No, it's true. And hopefully, look, the thing to me that stood out about Mahomes while I was impressed last night is when a young player faces adversity for the first time, and he was not good in the first half, Denver got to him, and he never wilted. It's a tough spot in Denver. It's a divisional game. We know as the game goes along, it's tough to play in Denver. And he got better as the game went along, and he brought his team back from a double-digit deficit. Didn't put up the numbers that we've seen the first few weeks, but he still went over 300 yards. He added the rushing touchdown. To me, that was probably a more impressive performance than what he did the first three weeks because of the context of the game. It really was eye-opening to me when they were driving in the fourth quarter and they had back-to-back penalties. One was an intentional grounding, and I think the other one was – it might have been a hold on like a – Yeah, they were second and 30 at one point. Yes, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive, and that was really damn impressive to me. On the road, second and 30, and ended up scoring a touchdown with – uh, I, I believe at that point it was right around the two minute and fifteen second mark, and that was really, really showing or telling to me that this kid's got it, man. Like there's some players in the NFL that that have that in them, that that killer instinct, that kill switch. That I don't care where I'm playing or who I'm playing against. We're going down and we're going to score, and they have a lot of confidence, and I like that kind of swagger. Joined by Bill Enright, you can find him ffchamps.com. You know, look, Denver ran the ball well last night. Maybe not enough. But, you know, Royce Freeman looked phenomenal in that touchdown run, but he's not involved in the passing game. Phillip Lindsay has looked good. Are these guys that are in the RB2 conversation every week and you just kind of roll with them? Uh, what do you do with these two backs? So, as I'm watching the game, I text, you know, a bunch of guys in my league, and I was like, well, I guess Phillip Lindsay's, you know, a thing. And I, I think he is. I, I think he's a, a guy that we can use and we can rely on. And we can expect good things, and we can get frustrated when he gets kicked out of a game when he, he throws a punch because he should be bankable for you know 12 to 15 points in a PPR league every week. I think they're going to use him a lot. He looks really, really fast when he's running the football, decisive, you know, not a make-you-miss kind of guy, just kind of beat you there instead of getting met there. And uh, he looks really impressive. Roy Freeman's touchdown, listen, I'm not, his balance is incredible, and that's what he was kind of known for coming out of Oregon, having really just tremendous balance and being able to take a hit and stay on his feet and keep moving forward. But that was, that his touchdown run, I mean, we want to talk about bad tackling. The Chiefs were just brutal on that play, just basically not even trying to wrap up, not even trying to put hands on him, just more knocking him over. And that's not, that's not going to work with a guy like Freeman. So I, I do think, unfortunately, for anyone that drafted Freeman in the fourth round or fifth round, I drafted him very early in the Fantasy Pros League. I do think you're going to get frustrated by Philip Lindsay all year long. It's going to be a running back by committee. Devontae Booker, you don't have to worry about, but it will be. He Lindsay plays too Freeman. much, though, man. You think so? Why? Yeah, I, I, I like get him out of the mix. What does he do? It should just be Booker and I mean, just uh, Freeman and Lindsay. Like get him out entirely. Don't even like you don't even want to see him. Yeah, man, he's playing too many snaps. He played 20 snaps yesterday. I know he's not getting too many touches, but. He's on the field too much. Uh, to Did me, he really play 20? That's a lot. I was yeah. really surprised by that. And he played 26 in week three and 22 in week two. Like, I don't understand why. I understand week three because Lindsey got ejected. So right. So he, had, he right. had five receptions in that. But I just feel like Lindsey and Freeman are just so much better. And you need to maximize their touches when they're out there. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that by any means. Um, I'm surprised that he's playing that much, to be honest with you. I really didn't think he was out there that much. 
Uh, how about Jordan Howard? He had a real disappointing game. If I would have told you, yeah, the Bears put up 48, you're like, oh, I want Jordan Howard in my lineup, and it was a dud. Now, he was involved in the passing game in the first few games, but all of a sudden, Tariq Cohen, who he did, he did nothing for the first three weeks, and then he drops like 30 in a PPR. So was this just game plan specific and Howard's going to be fine? Are they going to use more Cohen after the bye? Like, how do you look at this Bears backfield right now? I love when guys are on a bye coming off a bad game, going into the bye, and people are a little down on them. That is the perfect time to swoop in and try to get a trade. I'm going to try my hardest to get a lot of Jordan Howard shares coming out of this bye week because you're right. I mean, we saw the Bears score a ton of points, and Howard had a miserable game. People are getting a little bit worried about Tariq Cohen, but I still think Howard's going to be their bell cow. He's one of those guys, those fringe guys to me, that is going to be involved in all facets of the game, and I know people knock his pass-catching skills. I think he really worked on that a lot, and I think it showed the first week, three weeks of the season. The better Mitch Trubisky plays, I think the better Jordan Howard will play. We didn't see that against the Bucks because Mitch Trubisky had an incredible game, one he may never top the rest of his career, which means he comes down back down to earth a little bit, but we still want to see him play well, and I think that will only help Jordan Howard. So, again, coming off a bad game, heading into the bye, Fantasy managers are frustrated. Now would be a time to swoop in for a trade. And great schedule coming. Great and schedule coming up the next five weeks too. And especially if that team's like one and three or zero oh and four. Yeah, precisely. Like Adam, like, do you get frustrated with people that are zero oh and four in your leagues or one and three in your leagues? And like, no, I'm, I'm fine with my team. They're the worst. Get them out of the league the next year. Like, if they're not willing to restructure their roster because they drafted a bunch of bad guys and, and you, they need to shake things up, man. I mean, time's ticking. Yeah, one and three, depending on what you have, I could understand, you know, because you get to two and three, you're right back in it. But if you're 0 and four, you got to play for this week. Like, that's what you should do. If someone's 0 and four and they have a player or two on by, they should be looking to trade because they go to 0 and five, forget it. I mean, 0 and five, you're pretty much toast. But if you're 0 and four, you can still turn it around. You just got to play week by week, though. And you can't wait for someone who's on by. So that's uh, someone you could, should, should take advantage of. Again, that's if they're smart. But. Sometimes people are, are not smart. They think that they can uh, go 0-5 and, and make the playoffs, and it's very bleak. Tight end is a disaster this year. We know that. So oh. many more injuries. Uh, who do you think is the number one tight end right now? I, I couldn't even tell you. Is, is it Zach Ertz? No, he's third. Is it Kelsey? He's second. Who the heck's number one? I know it's not Gronk. I'm it's to not think. Gronk. Don't it's, tell me Trey Burton. No. He's O.J. Howard? Nope. <laughs> who, who we got? He had two big games this year. Just two of them, huh? Yeah. I mean, the other two games were like eight, but he had two monster games. I, I'm not even going to get George he's, Kittle? He's frustrated fantasy owners for many years. For many years? Yes. Like how many years? Mm, six, seven. Uh, I thought Reed. that. I thought, no. I thought I would give it away. <laughs> I thought. Jared Cook. Jared Cook, you're absolutely right, man. His week one game against the Rams this past weekend against the Browns. Yeah, he is frustrating for guys for, for many years. But is it? Is I do. Wait, how about the fact that I said Jordan Reed? I mean, doesn't that come through your mind, frustrating fantasy managers for years? Yes, but I knew. But I, I think we know that he hasn't done much yet. Yeah, he this hasn't year done much this year. No. I mean, the fact that no, he's I, healthy heading into week five is like you're you're crossing your fingers. It's a miracle for sure. Yeah, well, what is going on with Jared Cook? I mean, is that a, is he a thing? Like, 
like 13 targets in week four, 12 targets in week one. We really buying into that? That's you know, two, two out of four games of over 100 yards? But, I mean, the other games he had – 8.9 and 8.1. I mean, a nothing, tight, a tight, but a tight end right now, don't you have to count on him? I mean, when you look at the landscape? Now, look, he, here's the thing with the Raiders is they are throwing the ball a lot. I think their offense has improved with Gruden. Their defense is atrocious. So, look, he's getting the targets. Jordy had, you know, his one game where he ran wide open. Cooper is uh, the same frustrating player where he, he gets locked down by good corners. He just can't perform against top corners. They shut him down. So, I, am I, I just think that with the tight ends right now, don't you have to put him in the top seven the rest of the way? rest of the way, for sure, yeah. I think people that have him are, and are banking on him are going to be really, really disappointed. Like, all of a sudden, their team's going to – knock down like 15 points and they're like whoa what happened this lineup was so good and then i'm like oh jared cook got me two points this week he all he adam all he needs i'm looking up his stats all he needs is one more touchdown this year to match what he's done <laughs> the previous three seasons yeah he that's had two crazy touchdowns too in yeah 2017 one touchdown in 2016 zero touchdowns in 2015 and he played in all 16 games so i don't know i don't know if he can keep up I understand he's number one right now. I understand he's playing well. I understand the position is a disaster. But I, I don't know if I can really rely on him to keep up this production. I think he's a major sell-high candidate. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know what you can get from But, you know, there could be a team that just, you know, lost uh, Eifert and O.J. Howard. Yep. You know, Eifert was a free agent in one of my leagues last week, and I, I needed a tight end because I had Doyle. And I was like, I just can't spend a lot on him. Thank goodness. He went for 17. I think my bid was like 7 or 8 out of 100. And I look back, I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I didn't get him. I, I can't think of it. Everyone that, you know, they, they go on your forums and, and, and they come on uh, on the site looking for advice. And they're like, my, my tight end position is a disaster. Oh, yeah. I, I want it to. I, same thing. I'm like, someone's like, oh, I have Jimmy Graham. I want to improve. What are you going to improve on? I mean, Where there's no tight ends go? out there. Like, do you not realize this? Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. And I can't emphasize it enough. Bill, always good talking to you. As always, you can find him at ffchamps.com. Thanks a lot for joining me, and good luck this weekend. Had a blast, man. Thank you, and good luck to you as well. All right. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. In the meantime, you can check me out at ScoutFantasySports.com. Ask those questions on the message boards and the forums. Become a member today. Check out Scout DFS as well. I'll be back on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.